Our scripture verses this morning come uh, from both the book of Daniel as well as uh, the Gospel of Matthew. So listen for the word of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in a furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought in. So they brought those men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do, do not serve my gods and you do not worship the golden statue that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, drum, an entire musical ensemble to fall down and worship the statue that I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be thrown into a, a furnace of blazing fire. And who is the God that will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to present a defense to you in this matter. If our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire and out of your hand, O king, let him deliver us. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods and we will not worship the golden statue that you have set up. And we do find in the coming verses that the king makes good on that threat and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are thrown into the fire and saved by God. Actually, a very familiar story if you were here for choir camp over the summer. And then from the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 16. Then Jesus told his disciples, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Those who want to save my li their, their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. We thank you, Lord, that you give us the light of the world. And we pray that you will help us in this moment to come to think about how we can shine that light in your world. For we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. The book, The Outsiders, was written by a teenager, S.E. Hinton, about two groups of high school kids in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was made into a movie in the 80s by Francis Ford Coppola, and it launched the acting careers of none other than Tom Cruise and Rob Lowe and Emilio Estevez, Diane Lane, Patrick Swayze, Ralph Macchio, and Matt Dillon. It's not a bad cast. And the story is about the struggle for teenage identity and community. And it has a tragic end that thrusts most of the characters out of youth and childhood and into the perils of adulthood. And two of the boys in the midst of their crisis share a poem with each other by Robert Frost. And it's called, Nothing Gold Can Stay. Nature's first green is gold, her hardest hue to hold, her early leaves a flower, but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief. So dawn goes down today, nothing gold can say. It's a poem about the impermanence of life and how the beauty of our beginnings quickly change into something different. Childhood becomes youth, youth becomes adulthood, adulthood becomes aging, and aging becomes death. Nothing gold can stay. You know, it doesn't mean that we don't want gold to stay. 
There's so much in this life that we don't want to change, and maybe that's one of the reasons why we are so attracted to gold, the metal, the permanence seemingly of gold. We're drawn to it. It's been that way since the very beginning of time. Humans have always loved gold. Somewhere in your home, somewhere on your person, there is probably gold. If you are married, there is most likely gold on your finger. We love gold. It's a precious metal. It shines and doesn't go away. It increases our net value along with a lot of other things. We collect houses and cars and toys. They feel real. They feel permanent. And we want to think that maybe, just maybe, that gold can stay. We don't want to think that gold can change us. But gold does change things, doesn't it? The more gold that we have, the more chances are that we will change. Lottery winners will tell you that their lives aren't going to change if they win the lottery, but we know that that's not true. We change. We don't stay the same person. Gold acts upon us whether or not we want to believe it. The Romans told each other the myth of Midas, who loved his gold, And when the god Dionysus came to him and promised to grant him one wish, Midas wished that whatever he could touch would turn to gold. And so he got exactly what he was wishing for. And what a great thing it was. Everything that he touched turned to gold, including his beautiful roses. But then things changed. He realized he could no longer eat because his food turned to gold. And when he touched his daughter and she turned to gold, he realized that the gift that he wanted so badly was not a gift at all. You know, gold can change us. And the degree to which you believe that you are unsusceptible to such a change is the degree to which you are likely susceptible. So Nebuchadnezzar, in our story this morning, decides to create for himself a golden statue. 90 feet high, 90 feet of gold, and it becomes a god to him. And he orders his empire that they must bow down to this god, this new idol. And it's not just a suggestion of Nebuchadnezzar. This is now the law. This is the thing that you have to do if you don't want to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And the empire, of course, bows down. All the people, the entire nation, all the languages bow down and worship the golden statue. It's not a hard thing to do, right? Gold is never hard to bow down to. It seems as though everybody does it. it seems like a very little cost bowing down before gold. Do you remember when your boss came in and told you that he really liked what you were doing? that they were putting in for a substantial raise and a promotion for you? Here's a little bit more gold. A new golden title. By the way, there are just a few more things I need you to do for the gold. I need you to bow down to this gold that I'm giving you. Gold is never a hard thing to bow down to. And so these three faithful Jewish boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, hear the king's order that they must bow down to this gold. 
What's the harm if it just means that you're going to avoid the fiery furnace? What's the big deal if the whole empire is doing it, right? But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down. Scripture actually doesn't tell us why. No words from the three as to why they're not bowing down. There are lots of words from Nebuchadnezzar, but very little from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so we're just left to imagine what's in the mind of these three Jewish men. And maybe it's this thought. Maybe it is that to lay hold of the golden one is to let the golden one lay hold of me. To touch the golden one is to allow the golden one to touch me. To perhaps turn their flesh into gold. And maybe it would render them as dead as the metal itself. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego understand the truth behind it all. Nothing gold can stay. Nothing gold can live. Nothing gold can do anything to you but change you into something that you probably don't want to be. And what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wanted to be were sons of God. They wanted to be followers of God. They wanted to be faithful friends of God. That's what they wanted to be. And if it meant getting thrown into the fiery furnace, then at least by getting thrown into the furnace, they knew exactly who they were. They were sons of God, and that could never be taken from them. Because, you know, the only thing that stays, because gold doesn't, the only thing that stays is not what is on you, but what is inside of you. It's our souls, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were just trying to hold on to their souls. And there was something about that statue that was going to do something to their souls. What does it profit a man if they gain the whole world, Jesus asks, and lose their soul? Something inside of here, Jesus says, it's your life, it's your soul, it's precious, it's fragile, it's susceptible. And you have to protect it. You've got to cherish it. You've got to realize how vulnerable it is. And if someone asks you to bow down, best you check your soul. Harold Kushner, the rabbi, relays the parable of a West African tribe. And they noticed one day that their milking cows were not milking to the degree that they once had been. And so they asked one of their young men to stay up to see if there was somebody who was stealing their milk. And so a young man stays up, and in the middle of, of the night, he sees a moonbeam come down from heaven, and a beautiful sky maiden walks down the moonbeam and milks the cows and brings the milk back up into heaven. And he couldn't believe what he was seeing, and so the next night he stayed up again. And there she came again, down on the moonbeam, milks the cows, takes the milk back up, and he was entranced, not only by her brazenness, but ever more so by her incredible beauty. And so the third night, he sets a trap for her. And he catches her. 
And she says, let me go, and he wouldn't let her go. I won't let you go, he says, until you promise to marry me. I will marry you, she says, if you let me go back to heaven for three days, and then I will come back, and I will marry you. And so the young man agrees, and the maiden disappears, and in three days she returns on her moonbeam, now carrying a box. And she says, I will marry you on one condition, and the condition is that you never open this box, and he agrees, and they marry. And they live a wonderful life together until one day she goes out, and he's alone with the box, and he goes and he opens the box, and he sees that there is nothing in the box. And so he closes it and puts it back in its spot. And when his wife came home, she knew right away that her husband had opened the box, and she went and asked, why did you open it? And he said, I was curious. And she said, well, you can no longer be my husband. Well, what's the big deal? There was nothing in the box. Well, now you really can't be my husband, she said. Because what you could not see was that my box was full of heaven. And what was nothing to you meant everything to me. What was nothing to you is heaven to me. And when they asked Jesus about the kingdom of heaven and where it might be, he said, you don't need to look far because the kingdom of heaven is inside of you. You've got this box. You've got this soul, this place where heaven is supposed to be, this treasure that you are to hold on to. Calvin calls it the knowledge of God that everyone brings down from heaven. And it's this deep, deep sense that God is God and that God is good. And that each one of us is a child of God. And that I'm called in the good place in me that God has given this peace of heaven that gives my life and your life value. And there are these forces in this world that will soon open up that box and take it away because they only see it for what it is. They would just as soon have us bow down to a 90-foot statue of gold, or the rising stock market, or the 2020 model of this or that, or whatever piece of stuff that might be under your Christmas tree in 25 days, and will someday end up in a garage sale. And the marketers will tell you that that's what Christmas is. That Christmas can't be complete without it. But what they won't tell you is that what made Christmas complete was the little baby who came down from heaven to the virgin in Bethlehem. The one that brought heaven to earth in a dusty manger the one who came so that we wouldn't forget that there is this little piece of heaven inside of each one of us. And it's so easy. It's so, so easy to give it away, to sell it to the highest bidder, to bow down to whatever is put in front of us. But this box that we have, that everyone has, holds something so precious. So much more precious than 24 karat gold. 
and it's your life, and it's your soul. And that is the only thing that is going to last forever. So when those wise ones of long ago came to that dusty place and found the child messenger from heaven, it's no surprise, was it, that they left their gold before him. They surrendered their gold as if to say, nothing gold can stay, as if to save their very souls. Because that's where the hope is, right? The light of hope that we lit today, that's where it is. It's inside of here. It's that little piece of heaven that nobody but you knows. You and that baby that came down from heaven. That little baby before whom all of heaven and all of earth will one day bow. Friends, today is a day that we gather together at this table. A table that is hosted by our Savior, Jesus Christ. And all are invited to partake in this meal. So we invite you to come. Come and worship the one who will be born, the newborn King. Amen.